Good morning, everybody. All righty then. It's a new year, and we've got some new uh, congregation folks here. We've got two brand new babies in the house today. Ezra and Enoch with us. So we are so happy to have those little tykes with us on this beautiful New Year's Day. Well, how many of you guys have uh, resolutions for this year already? How many uh, is to lose weight? How many is to, to read more? I'm going to read more this year. Uh, pray more. Uh, be kinder to people. Uh, nobody's doing that one. Okay. <laughs> well, we are beginning a new year. And the thing is to decide how we're going to try to be better in 2023. Our life is like a new year. And our new life starts with Christ. When we come into Christ, we come into a new life. And a new year presents an opportunity to reset to wipe the slate clean. And 2 Corinthians 5.17 tells us, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, and the new is here. Renewal. Food. The old we love to talk about as Christians. We come to Christ, we are renewed. The old man is dead. There's a new person in his place. A new year of opportunities to love God and serve God. Last year is dead and gone. We can't unmake the decisions and the mistakes we committed last year. We can't go back in time. How many made mistakes last year? How many of us let God down in some way? How many of us know we weren't the Christians that we're called to be? We could all raise our hands on that. Yesterday will never be again. There will never be another 2022. But a new 365 days lie before us, full of opportunities to serve God and serve others. Each New Year's, we make promises to ourselves. We're going to do better. We're going to be better. Exercise. Eat less. Save more. Read more. Travel more. Gossip less. Blah, 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 blah. Usually by March, those promises have been broken. The self-improvement lists have been thrown away. For one reason or another, we lack the resolve to fulfill those resolutions. Not so resolute, are we? Because we are humans, and we try to do things in our own strength. Well, this year, I'm going to challenge you with five Bible-based Christian New Year's resolutions that if you endeavor to keep these and ask God for help with it, because we all know how weak we are, you're going to see your life 
better in 2023. It's Bible the Christian walk better in 2023. Because it's Bible-based. And whenever we follow what God says, it's better, right? When we try to do what God says instead of what we say, what we feel, it always works out better. As far as resolutions go, Charles Spurgeon had a really good comment. He said, I fear that many a man's good resolutions only need the ordinary fire of daily life to make them melt away. So too, with fine professions and the boastings of perfection, which abound in this age of shams. Aren't you glad Pastor Charlie doesn't talk like that every Sunday? <laughs> this age of shams. And this was 100 years ago, a little more. The world's gotten worse since then, don't you think? The world's always been a fallen place, but we are called to live in this world but not be of it. A lot of our resolutions are hooked with feelings. And if you listen to culture right now, that is a big buzzword. I feel. I feel this. I feel that. This is my truth. I feel this is true. I feel that is true. We're obsessed with feeling. Feelings are used in, as an excuse way too often to leave behind relationships. I don't feel in love anymore. I don't feel like this person understands me anymore. It calls us to question our God-given genders. I don't feel like a man. I feel like a woman. So I'm going to live like that. Forget what God ordained. I'm ruled by my feelings. We choose lifestyles that go directly against God's word. We give in to temptations and forsake well-doing not doing what we know to be true, not what we feel to be true, what we know to be true, what God's word tells us. I don't feel like it. I don't want to. The whimpering excuse of an immature, non-serious, wishy-washy person. Sure, you don't always feel like doing what's right. There are times you don't feel good and you're not enthusiastic. I get it. But when's the last time you asked a champion in any, in any sport, did you always feel like getting up at four in the morning and running 10 miles? Did you always feel like working out, doing your workout regimen? Day in, day out, day in, day out. Did you feel like it? Were you pumped? No scientific breakthroughs come without hundreds, maybe even thousands of failures. 
You think those guys going into the lab, well, this is try 785. Boom. <laughs> we don't always feel like it. We are too quick to be discouraged, bored, and ready to give up if we don't have instant success. And resolutions that people make at the beginning of every year, they are made with grand ideas in mind. But so often those ideas lay in tatters once the pressure of everyday life is applied. As Christians, we are not living this life on our own strength. At least we had better not be. We have a hope that the world doesn't have. We have the Spirit of God living with us, within us, and giving us strength that helps us press on when things get difficult. I have a few resolutions that as Christians we need to work to accomplish this year. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, it won't be easy. But with God, all things are possible, right? Number one, stay connected with the local faith family, the faith community. In other words, you need to go to church. Congratulations. You did it today. You're where you need to be. We need to go to church, and we need to go to church regularly, and for many reasons. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say going to church makes you a Christian. We know that it doesn't. A personal relationship with Jesus Christ is what is cause for salvation, not what church you belong to, not what your attendance is. However, not going to church can certainly keep you from being a growing and an effective Christian. What happens to the sheep who strays away from the flock? Well, we like to say, well, the shepherd leaves the 99 and goes for them. Yes, that's true. But also, if that sheep doesn't heed the shepherd and come back, and become one in the community again of the other sheep, it's going to get eaten. You will be eaten up by this world if you try to do things on your own and you stray away from the family of God. You're going to be picked off easy. There's safety in numbers. God has commanded that we meet as the body of Christ. We are to hold each other accountable. We are to challenge each other to grow in Christ. Iron sharpens iron. And one man sharpens another. That's Proverbs 27, 17. Believe me, I'm an elder, and I don't always feel like coming to church. I work in Christian radio. And there's some days I don't want to go to church. I'm tired. I don't want to go out and be nice and be social to people. 
I just want to hold up in front of the television or stay in bed or, or do what I want to do. There are some days that I'm angry with God for some reason. He didn't do what I thought he was going to do. I got a bad report from the doctor and I'm going to be in the, the boot another week or something. Maybe somebody here at the church ticked me off. Has that ever happened to you? No. We're perfect here at Pointway, right? Times when someone in the church has, has hurt us and we cop an attitude. I grew up as a pastor's kid, okay? I've seen the good, I've seen the bad, I've seen the ugly of church. One thing to always remember when you're talking about the church is it's filled with people. Wouldn't the church be wonderful of a one for all these stinking people? All these people with their foils and flubs and imperfections and attitudes and personalities. Ah! Can we just come in and sing Kumbaya and it's all good? It doesn't happen that way, guys. It would be easy to say, I've been hurt, therefore, forget them all. I'll deal with it later. But as stated before, our faith is not based on feeling. Church is where we are fed and trained spiritually. If you're a starving person, you need to go to where the food is, right? Not cop an attitude about, well, I don't have enough food, so I'm just going to sit here and I'll show them all. I'm just going to wither away into nothing. That'll show them. You need to go to where the food is. This is the place where we mentor one another. This is the place where we encourage one another. This world's a tough place. And there's a lot of people out there that don't give a fig about your faith. They don't care if they hurt you. They don't care if they've stomped on your feelings. This is the place to come where there are people of like mind, like faith, who love you, support you, and will pray with you, and help you. Who doesn't need that? I certainly do. I have a tendency to lean towards depression. I have a tendency to lean towards isolation at times. Sometimes my big social event of the week is going to church. And there are days I come in here and I don't want to be here, but I leave and happy that I came because there was a word of encouragement. There was a song that was sung that takes me back to earlier days of my faith. We go to church to show the world that we love Jesus. Not that we just 
belong to a social club. We love Jesus and we make him a priority. What's your priorities as you go into 2023? My priorities. Let's see. Work, Vikings, God. You're, you're getting off to a bad start already. Make God a priority. If you go to church out of obligation, pray for God to change your heart and your attitude. Scripture says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. This is the one place we should all want to be. Because this is our Father's house. And you are my brothers and my sisters, my family. We should always want to be together, encouraging one another. And may I challenge you, I don't have this in my notes, but may I challenge you to stay connected with your brothers and sisters in Christ throughout the week. Don't make it a one-day thing. How many relationships work very well when you only see that person once in a very great while? Second resolution. After going to church regularly, remain flexible and open to what God is doing in your life this next year. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. We've heard that scripture verse a lot. It's, one of the, it's probably one of the top ten, right? It's one of the classics, the golden oldies. So much of the time, I think we just spit that out and we move on. We don't really think about that verse. But without trust, your faith is inadequate. I believe, it. I believe God. I believe there's a God. I believe he's up there. Do I trust him for my provision? For my everyday well-being? Do I trust him when times are hard? <sighs> Demons in hell know there's a God. But they don't trust in him. As a Christian, your faith is inadequate. It is missing something if you do not trust God. You can have a faith in God that he exists, but if you don't trust his goodness, his provision, his love, and his plan for your life, what's the point? What's the point? If he's not Lord of your life, if you don't believe he's a good father, if you don't believe he's working for your good, if you don't believe he's going to take care of you, why are you serving him? Trusting God is essential, vital, necessary to the Christian life. Again, that does not mean that it is easy. It can be very, very, very scary. When I was typing this out, I thought back to a, a time in high school. And I, I was on some kind of class trip, school trip. And... As they do 
on trips or business, uh, you know, getaways and things like that. They did trust exercises. How many have ever done any trust exercises? They're terrible, aren't they? We had this one where we had to stand. There was a wall that was about shoulder height. And you had to stand on top of the wall, put your arms out, and fall straight back. And your classmates would catch you. One after another, people did it. People did it. Came to me. <clears throat> I didn't trust my classmates. <laughs> I had some real jerks in my class. I'll be quite honest. And I was picked on. And I was scared. And a lot of, so Joe stands up on the wall, looking straight ahead, everybody behind me. And I go to fall back. And something instinctively said, stick your butt out. So instead of going back straight, I kind of went like a, a V with my butt going back out, which really freaked everybody out trying to catch me. They weren't expecting that. So here I am, they're, they're diving to catch me. My arms are flailing, knocking people in the head, and everybody was mad at me. Wonder why. What was the problem, Ledford? I didn't trust you. Trust is hard. But God has earned your trust. You might not think he has, but he has. There are probably on my hands three, maybe four times that I should have been dead. I should not be here talking to you. I was in an accident with a tractor trailer where I almost got decapitated. I was paralyzed, falling on the ice. I also hit my head on a dock, trying to get out of a boat one time. That could have killed me. But God has been faithful and true to get me through all of those circumstances. He has provided for me when I didn't have anything. He's provided for my family when we haven't had anything. He's never let us down. Have we hurt? Absolutely. I would give anything if my father was alive today and sitting in these chairs hearing me preach today. And it hurts that he's gone. But you know what? God is my brings. He sees me through. He gives me the strength. He brings a, he brought a wonderful woman into my life 13 years ago. I still have wonderful family. I have you guys. Trust in the Lord. He takes care of you. Numbers 23, 19. God is not man that he should lie. Or a son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken, and will not fulfill it? If God said it, you can take it to the bank. You can't do that with politicians. Definitely not politicians. 
You can't do that with anybody in this world. God is the only one who always fulfills his promises. So remain flexible as the hard times are coming in 2023 because, friends, they're coming. No one ever finished a year and said, wow, that was an awesome year. I didn't have one iota of trouble at all. Every day was better than the next. It was, wow. There's going to be challenges. There's going to be heartache. There's going to be hurt. But God has promised to be with us. He will never leave us nor forsake us. And what he said he will do, he will do. So stay open to what God is doing in your life, even if it doesn't make sense, even if you don't understand what the plan is. Trust in the Lord. When it's convenient. Trust in the Lord when I think I got this all together. Trust in the Lord when everything seems to be coming up roses. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths in 2023. The next resolution I'd like you to seriously consider for this year is to slow down and rest. Slow down and rest. This is beneficial to us in many ways, mentally, physically, and spiritually. If you're too tired, if you're too stressed, if you're too busy, you're too worried, it'll be too easy to let your time with God and other important things in your Christian faith just slide. This day and age, everything moves faster. We have more things to distract us now than ever before. We can't even sit and watch a TV show without being glued to our cell phones at the same time. And I am terrible about that. I'll watch, be watching a football game while I'm playing the game. Usually I need something to, you know, distract me from the terrible football the Browns are playing. But we've always got to be constantly doing or seeing something or informational feed, overload, Google this, Google that, buy this, buy that is big on rest. God is big on rest. What did he do after he made everything? He took a day off. God rested after creation. He gave man the Sabbath to rest and recoup. Spend time with family. Spend time with God. Recharge your batteries. You got to plug your phone in every night, right? Aren't you more important than your cell phone? God's big on rest. Matthew eleven twenty eight says, Come to me all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. When I was doing Civil War reenactment and we would do marches, and I would have my knapsack on my back with all my Civil War gear and everything in it, man, it would just cut into your shoulders and bow you down. But when you got to the campsite, you dropped that pack and, oh, refreshing. 
A lot of us have knapsacks on our backs right now that are just weighing us down. And God wants to take those heavy burdens from us and give us rest. To rest, we have to, we're going to have deja vu now, trust that God will take care of things. We have to trust that if we take a day off, the world is not going to stop spinning on its axis. If we take a day off, the company is not going to fold. If we take a day off, I won't, I won't, I won't get the boss's attention. I won't get this. I won't get that. We just worry ourselves up into a frenzy with so much. Don't be so bummed out and used up that you're not willing or able to do what God has called you to do. He's got a plan for your life. But so often we're, our excuse is, I'm tired. I don't want to. I don't have time. I got to run the kids to here. I got to go here. I got to make dinners. I got to. We just fill up the to do list like you wouldn't believe. This weekend, example, I didn't get to rest a ton because not only did I have to voice track radio programs for the whole weekend and Monday, I had to finish up the last chapters of an audio book I've been narrating. I had to load in the weather forecasts for this radio station. I had to finish my sermon. So I had something to talk to you guys about today. I was stressed out. <clears throat> Happy New Year. We load up. We don't say no. You know, no is not a bad word. It's okay to say no. If it's for the right reason. You need rest. Don't feel guilty about taking some time for yourself and recharging those batteries. Everything will be better for it. Next, speak life of the gospel into the chaos of the world. I'm going to be preaching at myself here for a couple minutes if you don't mind. Mark 16, 15 says, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. We have a calling to spread the gospel, the good news. Every single one of us, not just Pastor Charlie, not the elders, you, 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 you. You have a great commission. We have the good news. We have the best news to share. But how many of us are spreading doom, hopelessness, anxiety, and pessimism with our tongues? And it's very easy to do that these days. The world is getting more evil by the day, it seems. 
And we are more divided now than ever before. We are a divided globe. We are a divided country. We are a divided church. We preach the doctrine of political parties more than we witness to those around us. We are quick to debate, to leave a snarky comment on Facebook. We are full of snark and sarcasm. We forget how to disagree lovingly and portray ourselves to the world as angry people that are no different than them. If you're a Christian and you're jumping all over me and being nasty and condescending and complaining, why do I want what you're peddling? As Christians, our hope is not dependent on politicians, laws, nations, finances, or popularity. Boy, do we worship at the altar of popularity these days. How many followers you got on Instagram? Did you see my newest TikTok? Our hope is built on Jesus Christ and nothing less. We have a hope of salvation and access to true and lasting peace. So why don't we seem peaceful? We have the answer to the age-old question. What is this all about? Do you realize how long people have been asking that question? There were dudes in togas sitting around on rocks going, what's it all about, man? To be or not to be? We've got the answer, guys. But we are so timid or wrapped up in our own selves to even broach the subject with someone. We're afraid that they're not going to like us. We're afraid that they're going to cancel us. We're so afraid. Christians afraid. What are we afraid of? What can the world do to us? Kill us? We're with God. Who won? And I'm preaching that myself, guys. I'm definitely preaching that myself because I don't always do what I need to do in sprints about God. I get roped into political debates. I make snarky comments about Governor Walls. I've done it all. So this is not Joe saying, you terrible Christians, be like me. No, I'm saying, don't be like me. Be better. I'm not saying, don't stand up for biblical truth. That's where a lot of our churches are getting off the rails, guys. I know this might step on some toes, but saw a video a couple days ago of a Methodist pastor in drag talking about how drag is a gift from God. John Wesley would roll over in his grave, come up out of the ground and smack him. We are so 
determined to be accepted by the world. We don't give a fig what the God of the universe has said. And if I seem mad, I am. Because I know Christians that are like this. And I put Christian in parenthesis. Because if you're not following what God says, if you're not becoming Christ-like, how can you call yourself a Christian? You're a charlatan. We need less of those this year. Don't add to the noise and the chaos in this dark world. Please don't. It's dark enough. Shine the light. Share the good news and present life to the dying. Let them see a difference in you. And then as Peter 3.15 tells us, but in your hearts revere Christ as Lord, always prepared to give an answer, an answer to everyone who asks, who is to give the reason for your hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. So don't get mad like I just did. <laughs> but stand up for God's word. Speak life. Speak truth. Don't be the reason someone tunes out the gospel. Now ah, you Christians are all alike. You preach love, but then you, you, you dump on everybody. You, you complain about politics as much as I do. We need to be better. And I know we can't do that on our own. We cannot do it on our own. Every day we have to pray for God's grace, God's mercy, God's forgiveness, and God's direction. Because every day is a new day. An opportunity to reach someone or to mess up. <laughs> we need to trust in God and rely on Him to get us through. Finally, very simple one. Love your neighbors. You may never go on a missions trip. You may never preach to thousands of people like Billy Graham did. But if you love people, you will make an impact of eternal proportions. God is love. As his people, we are called to love. We don't get out of it. It is commanded. If you don't love one another, you're going against God's word. People make it very hard to love them. We don't always like everybody. Can I get an amen? We don't always like other Christians. For any number of reasons. But once again, as we recall back to the way beginning in the beginning of this sermon, it's not about feeling. It's what God has commanded. We are to treat people as the precious souls that they are. They matter to God, whether you like them or not. 
whether you agree with them or not. They could drive you up the wall. But Jesus died for them as well as you. He was thinking of them as he hung on that cross, just as he was thinking of you. You're not better than them. We need to love one another as God loves them, as eternal souls that if they don't accept Jesus, they are going to be lost for eternity. If we truly grasp how terrible hell is, I don't think we would stop witnessing. If you know the tracks are out and the train's coming, are you going to just let it go right off the tracks into the gorge? You're going to be waving, stop, stop, stop. That's what we need to be doing, guys. Oh, no. What comment are they going to leave on Facebook? If we truly love people, we're going to be telling them about Jesus. Be kind and generous. Be patient and thoughtful. And your actions may be the thing that makes a person decide to find out more about Jesus. And 2023 won't just be another new year for them. It'll be the beginning of a brand new life. Amen. I know I dumped a lot on you. Kind of heavy to start a new year with, right? And there are going to be some days that you do these things well, and there are going to be days that you fall on your face. But here's the great thing that people don't really get about resolutions. There are ebbs and flows, absolutely. And people just get discouraged and they stop. Do not be discouraged. You will mess up. But guess what? We serve a God of second chances, right? He knows we're not going to be perfect every day. He knows we're not going to be loving every day. He knows that we are not going to trust him every day. He knows this. Yet, he loves us. He doesn't leave us. He doesn't throw us out in the garbage. He just waits for us to come to our senses and come back to him. Ask for forgiveness and start again. Don't get wrapped up on the calendar date, January 1st. Every day is a brand new day with Jesus. His mercies are new every morning. So I pray that you have a blessed year. More importantly, I pray that you have a year of a deeper understanding of what God is, who God is. And you come to a deeper knowledge and peace and realize it's okay that you don't have everything figured out. Just don't quit. Don't stop. Don't give up. Start again. Get back in scripture. Ask for forgiveness. Pray, pray, 
pray. And, that, and I'm, that's something I don't do as much as I should. Hopefully this year I will be better. But thankfully, it's, it's not all about me. It's about the grace of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, as we start this new year, help us to put the mistakes of the past in the past. The disappointments, the hurt, the sorrow. Let us realize that we can start anew with you every day. There is no limit to your grace. When we come to you with truly repentant hearts and a desire to know you more, you are faithful to forgive, renew, and restore. We ask that you restore us as we start this new year and help us know that we're not doing this alone. You are walking every step of this year with us. And we praise your name for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.